Well, actually, I want to bring Papa Leif up here, and I'm gonna, I want to talk for a second before he talks. But yeah, can you guys give him a hand? <laughs> This guy is such a blessing to our house. And uh, yeah, he's, he's family. He's Papa Leif. <laughs> he's hit that age now where he can be Papa Leif, right? <laughs> uh, but oh man, we just, we love this guy. We love the family. We love the, the, the whole, we've got to meet kind of part of the family. And it's so awesome to see what God is doing in and through these guys. And, and one of the things in this season uh, that we believe that, that they have been going and going and going. This guy, uh, this guy goes nonstop. If you know, like, I mean, even as he's here, we're like, man, you just, you never stop. Like, he just goes and he goes and he goes and he goes. And he pours out so much. But I believe, it, we just talked about this in this season. This is a season where he's, he's, he needs to rest um, and not, not necessarily just pour out all the time. He, right now, he's, in, he's been traveling about 240 days out of the year which is crazy. And so we believe this is a season where he, be, he needs to step back into a season of rest. He's still going to go. He's still probably, I think, what, 190 times a year or something. So it's still, it's not like, but, but, but in that, uh, God's just given him some strategy. And I was like, man, I would feel honored just to share uh, this opportunity that we have this morning. Um, that what, he, what God's shown him is that there's, there's, he wants to create love partners for what he's doing. And what this means is just real quick is it's, it's basically $100 a month that would support him uh, and allow him, allow them to really step back from some ministry uh, so that when they do pour out, they're energized, they're ready to go, and they're even more effective into the things that they're moving into. Sometimes you know, man, when you're on the hamster wheel and you're going, 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 like your effectiveness actually can diminish. But when you actually sit back and have that time, and especially when you have the Father just like pouring into you, and then you release, it's so much more impactful. And so I feel like we have an opportunity this morning just to partner with them, even on a personal level, just to bless them in this next season. And so uh, is Alicia, Alicia's here. She's, this, she's part of the team. Give her a hand. <laughs> she's part of the team, and she's going to be out front. And so if, if this is something that's just impressed on your heart, I was actually, I said in the last service, I was just praying about it, and I had to run over to my wife because uh, I didn't want to come up and announce if we were doing this, but I feel like we were supposed to do this personally, and so we're going to be, Chris, Christy and I are personally going to be doing this just to support them. We feel it, it's such a, this is a kingdom investment, um, and so we're going to do this just on the side, uh, but I had to, I had to run over and, and check with Christy real quick, so I was like, are you okay with this? She's like, of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> so check with your spouse. Don't make any decisions alone. Uh, uh, but if, you, if God's putting this on your heart uh, just to bless them, uh, I just would love, I think this church, I mean, you guys are such a blessing, an amazing blessing. Uh, but what an awesome opportunity as we get to partner with them and the things that they're doing on an ongoing basis. Even, you know, Pastor Jair, they, they go to Pakistan together, but there's so many other things that they're doing. Uh, but we can, we can just bless them in this way. So... If you would, just reach your hands out to him. Let's just, let's just pray a blessing over to him, and then he's going to absolutely bless us here today. So, Father, I just thank you. 
for Papa Leif, Lord, for this, this father in the house, Lord, for the things that you have placed on his heart, and even for the deposit that he is going to make this morning. Oh, Lord, I just pray that, that everything that comes from you would just flow through him this morning. Lord, that there would just be such an anointing in this place. Lord, that our hearts would be open for the things that he has to say. Lord, there, is, there are things that he has for this church, for this time, for this specific time. So, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open this morning for what, Lord, you have uh, to, to just give through life. And so we thank you for that. We just pray your blessing. We pray for energy for this brother as he is going to go, go, go uh, all through the day and then come back here tonight. So thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. So tonight, 6 o'clock, he is going to be back here with, with Scott as well. Scott Thompson is going to be here. and They're going to be ministering together. If you guys have not been part of this conference, uh, it has been amazing. Actually, we're calling it, it's a kingdom family gathering. It's not a conference, right? <laughs> uh, also, we have buckets in the back, and we want to bless them as well. So anything that goes into the buckets, uh, just make, you can make it out to the rock. That will go to bless uh, life and the, and the global missions awareness. And then just so there's no confusion, there's the, the tithe, the, uh, the boxes that we have that are wooden, uh, that's for tithes, offerings, and for prayer requests and praise reports. So with that, thank sorry. you. I just, <clears throat> I just love this family. It was right after you opened up this building about 10 years ago. I had the enjoyment of being here with my dear friends, Bill Johnson and Randy Clark, and we came here for a healing school, and it was just one of those uh, connections with a family, and even at that moment in my own life, I did, there was this big shift that was going in where the rest of my life, I wanted to invest in a kingdom family movement. So it was around the same time after we'd been traveling all over and we had seen a lot of visitation. We'd seen heaven coming down. But I want you to know that the, when we saw the fire hitting different places, revival fire, we didn't have fireplaces. <laughs> and, and the fire belongs to fireplaces. So when that fire from heaven came in, you need fireplaces in place. You need a kingdom family culture. So I'm saying that when uh, 10 years ago we started and walk on a journey where relationship comes before the responsibility. Well, we didn't come in here to do a conference together, but we came in here to share life together. And that started 10 years ago. We developed with Yvonne and, and JR. And one of the traditions we've had is uh, coming in actually a day before, which is with a heavy schedule, that's very difficult, but it had to become a priority because I said, I don't want to come in and let's just do a conference and, and just releasing different things that is in heaven on earth unless that we first sitting down and sharing hearts. What's going on in your life? And we're staying in touch on a regular basis, living life together, loving without any hook, without any agenda. And we go to a restaurant here in Castle Rock and just we're hanging out. And then afterwards, it's one of my favorite time. And that is we go and sneak back here when there's nobody here. On, we did with there Thursday night. It was just Jay and myself and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was the most real person in that room. And uh, when, 
when the Holy Spirit is there, he just came in there and we prophesied over one another and we just aligned heart and then just to see what God has done in this place over that period of time and how God is putting together a kingdom family and he's putting together a culture. There was a season there where people came in here and I heard story after story, people like Jason, who was here in the first service. I met him and he was one of the ones on a Sunday night. He was describing the story and tears was flowing down his face yesterday. He is the soldier that signed up eight days after September 11, 2001, because he wanted to serve, he wanted to serve his country. But we know the story that he almost died, an explosion happened, totally blind still, and these horrific things that he has gone through, and heard that story. But then over two hours, as he was one of the many of them that stood in line just five years ago, and that's why sometimes it touches my heart that uh, that you take the time with just one more, one more, and even if it was over two hours in a line, what if we stopped after an hour and a half? You're tired sometimes, but when he's described a story and he stood and you took the time and he had a baptism of love, and the next day he had such an encounter with the Father's love, and I met him and his wife and the three children between the services. They came up and crying and holding and hugging and kissing. At that time, the children were small, now they are growing up. And then he was just looking at me and, and, and just totally transformed by this love, this liquid love. And he said, here's a check, and I want you to take the love to these Muslims that did this to me. And it did something in my heart, or just two weeks ago in Norway, where I'm meeting this father that his son was one that was killed on that island outside Norway. But at 2011, if you remember, 74, young Norwegian was slaughtered. It, it, this kind of an R, September 11. And his son Sigur was one of the young boys killed there, and the same thing was taking place. His wife had an encounter after years of hatred. He ended up drinking and ended up with just sleeping around, doing everything because the pain they had of losing their son, both of them are escaping to fill that void. But then liquid love came in and when his face was glowing and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to forgive him. And I had a vision of this terrorist in the cell with a son and a mom screamed that you killed my son, you killed my son. And then love came in, just changed it. And that terrorist who is in prison in Norway today, and we remember that story, but totally changed. And now they are full of love towards the one that did it. So this love changes everything. It changes homes. It changes community. We're just with 450 stoic men. And I'm hearing this story. After 30 years of marriage, I got me a new husband. Thank you. And this makes it worth to be away from your wife and children. And they are the true heroes. I'm just saying that when I'm here with a family and now being here with Mike and Christy, and to see and sitting down again and we're having this lunch, spent over two hours yesterday just hanging out and saying, wow, because he's saying, I, mean, I know you've been here with dad and mom and, and now we have grandma and grandpa in the house. How many are excited about that? Wow. In the old system, if this was an orphanage, if this was an organization, you say, well, now the sun comes in and the spotlight need to be there and, and we need to get them out. I know they are taking a little sabbatical, but they're just getting away to find out how can we support our son? And you see these generational blessings that are coming in. But now there's a father and mother in the house. And you see these. And if you have three generations, you will change cities and nations. Yeah. You have father, son, spirit. And then you have nations. You have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then you have nations. So we are seeing that, that the next revival that is happening in the world, it is a family revival. And it's sweeping across the world. The father is being restored to the world. And it's going to stop the curse that is in the land. And we see a tsunami wave of love that is about to sweep the world. And the world is about to see that we are his sons and daughters, disciples, because the way we love one another. 
And when people are starting to see, wow, how love looks like, how the father's love looked like, the very love that the father had towards the son, the very love that the son had towards the father, the love that the father had, that he sent his only begotten son. Why did he do that? Because there is a treasure out there. He didn't send his son just for the purpose of dying to make you valuable. He sent his son because you are valuable. And he saw something of value that cost a high expense to bring you back again to the Father so that you can see who you are and everybody can see who your papa is. And then you get to be part of a family of other sons and daughters where we don't tolerate one another, we celebrate one another. And you get to be part of that. So when I'm seeing this culture that God is developing here, I almost would like to do backflips with a bad back. I'm not going to do it. I wanted to show a little video and then spend about 25, 30 minutes to share a message that I believe is for now. It is for this season. It is for my family here. And by the way, the rock, you rock, by the way. This is a rock family. Even the word rock, the word stone in Hebrew is Ab-Ben. Ab-Ben. Ebenezer is Ab-Ben-Nisir. Ab is father, Ben is son, Nisir is the helper, the spirit. Ebenezer. But Ab Ben is rock. Father, son. It's not the gender. Your daughters are included. <laughs> so upon this rock, upon this family, I'm going to build a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. What rock? This family. This family paradigm. Upon this identity, I will build my church. And then nothing can stand against that when we're stepping into family because we represent the family that is in heaven here on earth. So let's watch this little video because you're part of a bigger kingdom family movement that is sweeping across the world right now. And all over the world right now, fire is hitting, but it's hitting fireplaces. And people are burning brightly without burning out. Life in the kingdom of God is the ultimate journey. But no matter how much you've seen, you know deep down there is more. There is a longing in every heart. From the greatest leader to the most humble follower, each one knows they're made for more than this. What if I told you there is a place where who you are in your identity is more valuable than anything you could do? And in that place, your relationships with people in your intimacy with God are the highest priority. What if there was a people who chose to honor the past in a way that made every generation relevant? The young and the old are both valuable to the future. And what if you were running alongside others who cheered you on in God's calling and destiny? Because when you win, we all win. This place does exist. 
It's here and now. Papa, what does the kingdom look like? I don't know, child. But what I do know is that it will only be entrusted to a family. journey with ours, a family of families, changing the world together. How many of you were here for the Raining in Life Week and you've been to one or more session? Well, there's about one third of you. Uh, somebody came up and said, I, I wanted to be there and didn't have an opportunity. And they asked me, what, what tools? This manual is going to be your upgrade. It's just a lot of session. It's called The Ultimate Transformation. It's about learning to reign in life. It kind of covers these about 12 different sessions that is connected to that. So uh, if anybody would like this, you can come and get it, okay? Anybody? And if, yes, just come. And find somebody to give it to, and you get another one out there. Find one to give it to, and that's what we are. And then my wife, I just want to make sure. This is my wife, Jennifer. She has done four children's books in behalf of our, our kids. It's been a nine-year journey. And my daughter, Courtney, who is the second one, she second oldest daughter, she illustrated all of that. And my wife did, when our children were young, she called, we had a name, so like this is short nose. We called Courtney short nose because she always had her nose and things. Lila was a princess because she thought she was a princess. So each one of them has to do with a characteristic of each one of the children. My son kind of, a, the sun and moon goes in his children's book because he kind of, a, that's, that's his life. So it just for children, it's a phenomenal way. And my wife, I just want to support her and her dream. And this season, she's been home and taking care of the kids and they're growing up. And after nine years, finally, she put together these things that I do believe can add tremendous value. Do we have somebody here? Can you give that to your sister, Kristen? Can you give that to her? Yeah, so let's give him a good hand. This is going to just kind of be a little heart to heart and connect with you. One of the... The things that we are seeing in the kingdom of God. He says, arise and shine for your light has come. Arise and shine for your light has come. What we are seeing in this season, how many of you know that around the world right now there is a lot of shaking going on? Just wave to me. Let me ask you another question. How many of you, you're no longer what you used to be, but you have not yet become what you're supposed to become? Just wave to me. 
And the rest of you, I'm going to walk in your shadow later on. <laughs> so when we are seeing that there's something taking place, and it is very important for us to understand. Say understand. We have to understand the time that we're living in. And number two, we need to know what God is doing. What Jesus did, he only did what he saw his father do. And he only said what he heard the father say. If you're not seeing what God is doing, you will be distracted by what the devil is doing. Let me say that again. If you are not able to see what God is doing, you will be distracted by what the enemy is doing. And you get so overwhelmed by what's going on in the world around you if you do not see clearly. So part of what I wanted for the Rock family today, it's just going to be one of those, it will be very fast, it will be one of those teachings or sessions that I encourage you to get and then just listen to it throughout the year. What I wanted to help to provide is some language. If you're going to be able to change culture, you need to have a culture to change culture. You cannot just have visitation or get fire from heaven. But I mentioned just this fireplace. You need to have a culture to change the culture around us. And it is a kingdom culture. The only culture that will change here on earth is the culture that is in heaven. That's why you're praying your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The model for earth is heaven. And heaven is attracted to earth. But to be able to see that heaven is going to invade earth, you need to have a culture. And it is called a family culture. It's the only way that we're going to see. If not, you're going to have visitation, but you will never have habitation. And what God is looking for in this season, the creation right now is moaning and groaning for the very manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. What creation is crying for, we are the sons, we are the daughters, we are the sons and daughters that can show how Papa looks like. And in the middle of it, God is raising up a whole new generation of sons and daughters that are connected to family to see the generations are coming together, a family around his presence. And that's what the Rock family is all about. The book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7, there's this phenomenon, and you can take notes if you want, because I would quote several scripture verses that you can read yourself. But the quote here is, until us a child is born. Say child. A son is given. Say son is given. Just hear that word. A son is given, given sons. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Given son. A son is given. Then the increase of his government, meaning the increase of his kingdom, the increase of the rule and the reign of heaven, the increase of his government and shalom, peace, shall have no end. What time are we living in? We're living in a season where God is taking given sons and daughters, where the increase of his kingdom and his government and his shalom and peace is going to continue to expand and expand and expand until the whole earth is filled with a knowledge of the glory of God as water cover the seas. Be careful. This kind of a thinking can make you happy. And it can lead to dancing, so be careful. <laughs> so here the picture, but it continued there and it says, but it is up on the throne of David. I'm going to complete this. Why the throne of David? Why is Jesus called the son of David? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Where is this beautiful picture of David? And that's why I wanted just to give the framework of the time that we are living in. Say time. 
Oh, because if you understand the time you're living in, you will wake up in the morning with passion. You will step into your identity knowing who you are and whose you are as part of God's picture. From that place of identity as a son and a daughter of a good, good papa, a good, good father, that's who he is. And as a son and daughter, loved by the father, that's who you are. Can I say that one more time? He is a good, good father. That's who he is. And I'm a son and a daughter. That's who I am. I am loved by my father. That's who I am. From that place of identity, from that place of intimacy, from that place of inheritance, we're moving into our destiny. The uniqueness, why you are here on earth and why the devil is so nervous about you. Because there's a world changer and a history maker in each one of us. But in a place of family, this is where I believe now there's a shift going on in the kingdom. David, he started out his life in Bethlehem. Say Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Let's try that again. David, he started his life in Bethlehem. Say Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Say it one more time. Say Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Why do you say these things coming into an agreement with what the word of God says? In the season of Bethlehem, you and I, everybody, we start in Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He started his life in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the stage in life where we're building the foundation. Say foundation. We have to have a kingdom foundation that comes from a kingdom identity. When I'm using the word of the kingdom, I'm talking about the rule and the reign of the king in every area of life. It is the reign of the king. He is a savior, but he's not just a savior. He is also a king. And what he's looking for, sons and daughters that will reign together with him. That will represent his kingdom. That will represent heaven. That will represent a good, good father to this world. He's not just looking for people that is going to receive salvation and then going through life and hoping that it's going to make it so you can get to heaven. He's looking for sons and daughters that know how to bring heaven to earth. And in the middle of it, it starts in Bethlehem. Say Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a season in David's life. Do you remember David? When Jesse lined up all of, all of his boys and came down, there was nobody that was going to receive the anointing. I believe one of the reasons was every one of those boys, they had their own dream. But Samuel, say Samuel. Samuel was a prophet. Samuel is a today's man. He saw who was a yesterday's man, and that was Saul. Do you remember King Saul? Samuel, he sees who is a yesterday's anointing, but he also sees who is tomorrow's anointing. He recognizing where is a Saul, but he recognized there is a David. So he is right in the middle. It's so 1 Samuel 16.1. 1 Samuel 16.1, you see in this place where he is coming in, and eventually he recognized this very thing of David. And David is then anointed to be the next king. How many of you are excited about process? Say process. This is how the Christian life looks like. We are supposed to go from glory to glory. How many agree? From faith to faith. But often glory to glory doesn't look like this or this. It looks like... Have you noticed that? So if you start to see, it looks like... If you take the bottoms of this, it becomes a crown.
So in David's life, if you're starting to see, how did it go from being a shepherd boy, from seeing some of the young people here, or to seeing some of you with all the potential that is in the life of each one of us, there's something in each one of us. But then you start the process of life, what we want here as the Rock family. And I know that the, the, Papa Mike and this, the father, the lead pastor in this culture, this is so much part of the DNA of why God sent him here. Jay, you myself, I remember we used to talking about, this is who we are. We are family around his presence. But Jay, you is like, well, I can sense that we need somebody now to take this next torch. Take this. We need another generation. I have built a ceiling, but that's the floor for the next generation. Jay uh, has been like a David, but we need a Solomon to take this because when you have a place of shalom, you build. When you're always at war. And then we were praying about it. And then I remember very clearly, he said, well, my son Mikey is a master builder. I mean, he's building in the natural. I mean, he carries this with me, carries all of that. But I guarantee you, there's no way. It's like, this has to be a God thing. It's supernatural. This is years before. And I had met Mike and... Christy several times here, and it's just like, wow, they're amazing. And then when J.R. one day calls me, he says, oh, <laughs> I think that, wow, the Holy Spirit is messing with Mike. <laughs> and then Mike came in, and he didn't know that, wow, you're about to honor the past, and we are honoring the inheritance. And then in the next moment, as you honor the roots, you get entrusted with fruits. And then I reckon, wow, he's capturing. Wow, we had a vision for somebody else's dream. Now he is dreaming. And that a father comes in, goes on a little furlough with the mama of the house. And they're becoming grandma and grandpa. They're coming back again to this house. And now in the next moment, the old system, you're coming in. Because how can you put the light on him and let him lead without interfere? Because people still want to come here. Now as a grandpa and grandma, they're coming back with a strategy. How are they going to help to hold up the rod of the next generation? So in the middle of all of that, Bethlehem, say Bethlehem. So here we're seeing the foundation, say foundation. The foundation, David, he learned to play a harp, say harp. And every single one in this room should have a harp. That's when we learn how to be worshipers. That's when you're going into the secret place. You find the secrets in the secret place. A little Christian who's sitting here. It's one of those future Davids. And I see this generation of these young people, but all of us, every single one of us with a heart. It is this one thing I desire. This one thing I long for. I just want to dwell in the presence of the Lord. And I just want to gaze upon your beauty. David had a harp, and when nobody was looking, he was worshiping. The rock church is a family around his presence. The worship is not something that we do here so that we're setting up the platform so that we can speak and we go out. Worship is a lifestyle for each one of us. It's not just that you have a harp. The harp will eventually get you. And when you are in the secret place, the one you're beholding is the one you're becoming. And what you become is what you will release in your home and in the marketplace. When you are there with a harp, it's developing the lamb's nature in you. You're learning how to be a lamb. You're learning vulnerability. You're learning to love what he loves. You're learning to fall in love with sheep. You're learning in this place to be so overwhelmed by God that nothing can overwhelm you. You're learning to hear his voice so that you can be prophetic, not pathetic. You're learning in this season to see his face. And then the way you look at everything else changes. The beautiful harp. So this is a family where everybody 
Everyone, say everyone. Yeah. Say me. me. Say I got a harp. Yeah. Sons and daughters that has learned just to be with Papa without any agenda. Just oh, just want to be with you, Papa. Just want to see your face. Just want to hear your voice. Just want to feel your love. Just want to experience in your presence. Oh, just in a moment. David developed all of that in Bethlehem. He learned how to be faithful, take care of his father's business, take care of sheep. Even when a lion is trying to kill one of those little sheep, David is giving his life for it because he learned how to love what his father loved, Jesse. He was faithful in the natural. Say natural. And we need to be faithful in the natural before we're going to be faithful in the supernatural. We are all called to be royalty. How many of you know that you are a royal priesthood? So you're a priest before you become king. You learn to be lamb before you learn how to be lions. And if not, if you're going out of this place and you'll learn how to be a lion and when you start to roar, people will scatter and not gather. But learning to practice your harp will develop the lamb's nature in you. Humility. Vulnerability. Sonship. Being overwhelmed by him. And when we're coming together here, each one of us with a harp is just, we have a history with God. We have the hands and, whoa. And we've seen his face before we see the face of anyone else. And then you have a corporate group coming together. We have one agenda. Whoa. We're going to focus on who he is. And when we start to behold him, we're becoming. And the best of who you are will only be found in him. And then you will see that 90% of the healing will just take place in his presence. Let me say that again. 90% of the healings will just happen of you being in his presence. Marriages will start to be restored. Unity will start to happening. Because when you start to see him, you start to see yourself. And when you start to see you the way that Papa God sees you, the way you see the people around you starts to change. And you become a change agent. The culture that is so deep in you will start to change the culture around you. You will not just be a thermometer, you will be a thermostat. And you will set the temperature that you're living in on a daily basis. It's not about doing something, it's about being something. David, he didn't play the harp because one day I'm going to stand before King Saul and change the environment. He didn't do it, he played the harp because that's what he loved to do. He loved to be with him. There's nothing else that he wanted. He had a calling to be a king, but he loved to be a priest. He loved to be a lamb. And when he didn't need anything else, he just needed, if I have you, I got everything. If I got your presence, oh, please do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. It was this whole cry in his heart, please, if I have your presence, I have everything. If I have everything and I don't have your presence, I have nothing. So this is a culture around his presence. This is a family around his presence. It is sons and daughters that carries what David had. Every single one of us, we have a heart. Say heart. Say I'm a worshiper. Say, I love his presence. Second of all, what David did also, he had a sling. Say a sling. I'm, I have a book. I encourage you to sign up for that book. But the book is called Giant Slayer. It's coming out in March. And pretty much this, I want to raise a whole culture of people that are solving the giants out there. And there's all these giants in the land. And for giants killers, every time we watch on the news and we see a giant, we get excited because we are called to be giant slayers. But some of us, we need to deal with the giants in us before we can deal with the giants around us. 
Some people have a giant in their mind, or they have other giants they're fighting with, and it's draining them. So that's also part of this, in the presence of God, to get rid of those giants. So you see how big God is, and when you look at your Goliath in your life, wow, how small it is. Because if you have a big God, you have small problems. If you have big problems, you have a small God. And it is time to practice your harp again. It's time to be overwhelmed by Him. He took the sling and over and over again. What the people, scientists would say that he probably about 10,000 hours practiced that sling. He mastered a skill set. It would be about four hours a day for about a 10-year period of time, just over and over and over hitting that target until he mastered that so well. It was not just that he knew how big God is, but he also had tools to solve some of the problems that the world needed. So when there is a giant in the land, if that is radical terrorism, or if that is systemic poverty, or if that's the education system, or if that is suicidal rate among young people, or if that is to help homeless mother all around us when we start to capture and see all the giants that we are created to, the first thing we do is to go into his presence. We start to be overwhelmed by him. So we don't get overwhelmed by the problems. And it comes from being a lamb where we have compassion. We're feeling what he is feeling. We're thinking what he is thinking. We're sensing. And we're getting the very wisdom that comes from the secret place. And then from that very place, we're coming in there and we have tools and skill sets. Micro-businesses will be started. Businesses will be raised up. And we're suddenly coming up and God is giving us skill set to solve some of those giants. I don't know if that is excited for you to be part of a family like that. Are you excited about that? Some of you are. So Bethlehem, say Bethlehem. It is learning the harp. It is learning the sling. It is learning to be a lamb. It is learning to be a lion. It is learning to lean back because what you're beholding is what you're becoming. But it's learning how to release and change environment because this environment has changed. And it's learning from a place of identity as a lamb is to operate with authority as a lion. Jesus was the lamb of God, but he was the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so are you and I. We are lambs and we are lions. And the rhythm of heaven is known when to lean back and when to lean forward. And to change environments from a place of rest. And rest becomes your weapon of warfare. And out of rest you're wearing the enemy out. This kind of a thinking, wow. Are you okay? I I don't mean to be so intense. It's just this time I have 12 hours of stuff in me that... But I'm going to. But Bethlehem was not, I'm not going to go into all the stages now. I want to focus on the foundation, what the rock, this is the foundation, up on this rock, up on this father's son. He learned how to be it. He learned how to be a son to Saul. No matter what Saul did, he learned to be faithful in the natural. He learned in the cave to be faithful in the middle of his needs. He learned actually while he is in a cave, learning how to host heaven in a cave, pulling 400 people in their greatest need. He pulls from heaven without having Google map. (laughs) How is it that David is in a cave? Saul is trying to kill him, not because of his sin, but because of his faithfulness. The song all over the land is, Saul can do a thousand David, 10,000. David has been a king for a long time, but a journey. You are royalty, but a journey now stepping in to growing into learning how to reign in life. That looks like this. 
And from this moment, from the top of killing the giant and everybody's ready for a king, instead he gets a cave. And for seven and a half years, in the darkest moment of his life, I never forget Adullam. I never forgot the cave. The name Adullam means justice of the people. That's what the name Adullam means. So David in the middle of his cave, the first part of it is horrific. It feels like everything dies. The first part, you're afraid you're going to die. The second part, you're afraid you're not going to die. And if you're not being there, get the sermon because you're going to need it. But we're not going to live in a cave. We don't change the environment by being in the wilderness. The wilderness is part of it, but your roots grow. And you're going to be rooted and grounded in love. And in this cave, David changed the cave. And he starts to host heaven after the first season when it looks like there's a sunset. There's also a sunrise coming about. And his identity, and he's in there starting to worship, starting in the present. He's in a cave. It is damp. It is dark. But in the middle of that cave becomes a palace for him. Because his royalty, his identity changes the environment. And then he starts to pull from heaven 400 orphans. They are depressed, distressed, indebted financially. 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 3 describes it. 400 people are coming into an environment. All these orphans are coming together. It's been beating up by the world system. How do you get unity among those 400 people? Every one of those comes to see what they can get. How they can be blessed. How they can be healed up. What David does, he brings them into the presence 400 that become sons and daughters. 400 of them that becomes a family. One can do a thousand, two, ten thousand. What could 400 be? From a man after God's own heart, he creates a culture. He creates a family around his heart. And it happens, he brings all of them in to find their instrument. Three things. Identity. Say identity. <laughs> Number two is value. Say value. He restores the dignity of value to each one of you. You are valuable. This is how Papa God sees you. This is who you are. This is who he sees you to be. And David brought him into the presence and helped each one of them to be able to look in the mirror and see what God was seeing. And the third one was dreams. Say dreams. 400 people started to dream with God again. They saw the possibility. And by the time they finished this cave, now they're moving from Bethlehem to Adullam, faithful in the natural, to faithful of the faithful in the middle of their needs. Now they're moving into the faithfulness in relationship. They're moving into a covenantal relationship. 400 people becoming one. One spirit, one heart, one mind. There's no agenda. If one of them win, everybody wins. And now they all have an agenda bigger than themselves. The reason they came to the cave is what I can get. And we can have church in Adullam where everybody give me, touch me, bless me, fill me. I didn't like the song. It was not for you, it was for him. But imagine having here a rock, a family of all these people of sons and daughters that are coming in with a harp, with one agenda. And then in the next moment, we all are coming in here and we know who we are and whose we are. We're coming here not just to eat at the family table. There's a season for that. But then you are coming with your special sauce to a family table and everybody else gets to taste of who, what you have and your history with God, what you bring to the table. Hebron, covenant, family, culture. David brings them into Hebron. That sets up the stage for Zion. Say Zion. Now they get faithful in ruling and reigning. Now they get faithful of heaven on earth. Let me give you one verse. This is for you guys. And I want you to dream. How many of you would love to live in a city? I'm just, let's be honest. And how many of you would like to see, like for, I don't have any grandkids. 
I have a daughter who is married. This is what I'm dreaming of. How many here would like to see your grandkids living in a city or perhaps in a nation where there is such a shalom and peace that cancer cells cannot live in there because the whole DNA will be... I don't know. Okay. How many of you would like to live in a city? You cross the city limit of that and there's an open heaven. And when people just cross in, their marriages is being restored. People having a baptism of love. I'm not talking about... This is a reality where there is no poverty. Where there is no divorce. I want you to open up your Bible, 1 Kings 5.4. And I'm just going to quote this one thing because this is the... I want, now I'm putting the, the why in the front of you. So then the what and the how of what we do on the journey towards it is going to make sense. It's going to be that you will wake up in the morning. And if you are in Bethlehem, we're going to get your foundation. We're learning the harp. And we will never forget Bethlehem. Because the message today is very simple. And I know I speak fast. But the message today is back to the future. You as a rock family, we're moving towards the future where the kingdom of the Lord is about to become the kingdom of this world. You're going to be a family. There's going to be a culture that is going to change the culture. It's going to be a culture, a kingdom culture, a family culture of how the father, son, spirit looks like. How they honor, how they love. The first Kings 5, 4, the Bible says, and it's a story about Solomon. There was rest. Say rest. Let's say that again. Say rest. There was rest on all sides. Say all side. No adversary. Say no adversary. No adversary. And no evil occurrence. The verses before you see that Solomon honors his dad, David. This is what's happening on the front row here. Well, one generation is honoring and saying, Dad, thank you for... All these years, 29 years, being here with the Rock family, being together with them. Thank you that you always hosted his presence. Thank you that when we walked in here, the presence of God was the main thing. I'm hearing story after story of you guys. The reason we came here, two things that we found. His presence and family. And now there's a generation that we're, we're learning how to be a lamb. And we're learning how to be a lion. Now how do we take that and be fruitful and multiply that? So the whole state of Colorado... And then the nations will certainly be influenced by this culture that will actually influence culture. And how do we raise up a generation, the kids that I do not have, the grandkids I do not have, how do we raise up now creating this generation? How do we create a ceiling for the next generation where there is shalom, there is rest on all sides? There was no adversary. Say no adversary. And no evil occurrence. Think about a whole city, the capital city, Jerusalem, Zion, where there is rest on all sides of the city and there's no adversary. The devil knows I cannot touch this whole city because there's not one adversary. Amen. Not one demon had a chance to come inside. And there was no evil occurrence. Not one. Wow. And that's an lesser covenant than we have. And he says... I want you to dream with me for a few moments because if we have a culture that will dream with me, if they will build their foundation in Bethlehem, they go through the testings and the situation here in Adullam. 
They're becoming the family and a culture that changes culture in Hebron. I will set them up in Zion where they will be faithful and ruling and reigning. And God will raise up sons and daughters that will reign together with him. They will set up a ceiling with their shalom. They don't have to be at war any longer. The next generation will learn how to steward inheritance. And that's the next generation what we are building for. And it will change America. And it will change nations. If you can dream with that, congratulations. But let me give you one more secret and we've landed this. Are you okay? Wave to me if you're okay. Am I overdosing you? One more. David has been in this long, long journey. And the reason this, this is my life. This is, so I'm talking about this is not just something we've read. This has been a long journey. I remember the cave. I remember the years in the cave. So all of these things, I remember 10 years ago when we started to explore Hebron. I remember when God gave me 400 poor Filipinos that nobody believed in. And I got to experiment with this. I can tell you the story of each one of those 400. They are world changers and history makers. Some of you know and quite a few of them. So all of these things is not in 22 nations. Now we have culture changing culture. Now I'm just giving the language because we didn't know what we were doing. We did it intuitive, but now we are learning how to do it intentionally so everybody can be part of it. And it's so exciting when I see each one of you start to play your harp in your home. And when the sound comes into the workplaces and around and the sound of heaven is being released. David and here, 1 Chronicles 11, and I think it is 14 to 15, and then I will land. We're going a little bit over, but it is worth your time. First Chronicles 11, verse 15 to 19. This is the verse that I believe is so amazing. David is looking now, all the things we have dreamed of. He is looking at Zion, and he's meeting together, and the family are celebrating. They've been on a journey, each one of the guys. They even be tested. They also went to Ziglag as part of this place. But anyway, even there, that as everything has been tested so hard, finally they're there, and they can see heaven on earth. They can see the very thing that they have lived a life for, and there's a whole culture that can recognize it. The rest of the kings around the world will start to notice, and then... All these guys around David, they're telling the story about each one of them. And a lot of the story is about the cave. It's kind of a dullum. And I have some of the people that was with me in my adullam. And when we talk about the adullam stories, there's something. That's why I can understand people in the cave. I understand the wilderness. I understand when it looks like everything is dying. I understand as an eagle when I lost my vision. I lost my feathers. I could no longer soar. I know that season when there was a sunset and you waited for the sunrise. The pain of that and not being able to know what's going on. Crying out to God day and night. Seven and a half years for David. And now as they're talking about the stories and they're looking at, they're about to enter in the kingdom. They've taken Jerusalem. The whole kingdom has been gathered together. He could before had part of the kingdom but he continued on the journey until the whole kingdom was restored. And then when David was there, there's a heart. He starts to think. He starts to reflect. And this is where I'm at in my life. Oh, I remember Bethlehem. I remember how it felt like to go and play the harp, but no agenda. This is part of what Mike was talking about, where I'm in a season. I want to go home and be with my wife and kids. I look forward to just be able to not. I'm going to Bridgeway right after here but not going and play the harp because I'm speaking an event, but just to be with him for no agenda. 
I want to settle this time just to go and to be alone with him. Just to be with my family, to play that harp. So David starts to reflect, oh, I remember Bethlehem. Why is it in this scripture verse that he remembers, oh, I wish I could go back and drink from that pure water of Bethlehem that was near the gate. There was a place there for David as a little shepherd boy. He went into that stream and he started to drink. It was purity. This is before he had the scars. This is before he had been away. He didn't have any blood on his hands. There was innocence still. He was just a shepherd boy. Had no agenda. There was no hook in life. Now he has been through. He had fallen. He had had all kinds of issues. And he's coming to the end of his journey. And he realizing the main thing is the main thing. It was not just to climb that mountain. What it was all about. What it was all about was the joy of his presence. To drink from that pure water of Bethlehem near the gate. To play the harp without any agenda, to practice my sling, not because of the next giant, just because we love it and because we want to have fun. No longer living from pressure, but pleasure. That's why we're going to go back to the future. The secret to the future. Let's go back, everybody. Can we go back to Bethlehem? Bethlehem was the place where Naomi took Ruth. Why? Because covenant, covenant brings you back to Bethlehem. That's where they went. What did they do there? To get fresh bread. You will find fresh bread. You who are hungry, come and eat. There's an aroma of fresh bread in Bethlehem. It means the house of bread. Bethlehem was the place where Rachel was buried. Why would Jacob bury his first love? Because you will find your first love back again in Bethlehem. And I could just go on and on about the importance of Bethlehem in this season. So let's go back to the future. Can we start again? All of us, we all are on a journey. Some of you are in a cave. This whole culture is moving from Hebron towards Zion. This is what is the next season for you. But while you go there, let us get to a focus how to get to the mountain. Then we forget about the flower. Then we forget about that little rock. We forget about having the enjoyment of him in the process towards it. Can we stand to our feet? Are you okay? So I'm just going to release over as a special grace because here's what happened when David started to long for that pure water, when the culture around him recognized this is the main thing. Do you know what happened to a couple of those mighty warriors? They went back into Bethlehem. They went into the Philistines' camp. They, they actually went to give their life to get hold of this water. Supernatural courage released in a whole culture. Courage, courage, courage came in a whole culture when they can see in your life that the main thing is the main thing, and that is to drink. When they see how pure this water is, how beautiful this water is, and they see sons and daughters that are thirsty, you who are thirsty, come and drink from the pure water of Bethlehem. Your innocence will be restored. There is healing in that water. And when you start to drink from that water, from your innermost being, there's going to be rivers. There's going to be rivers of life flowing out of you. And wherever the river goes, there's going to be a life. It is going to be a life. And it's going to bring healing. And the healing tree is going to be able to be rise up around you. And people are going to taste and see He is good. Father, I just release at this very moment on over the Rock family. Thank you, Papa, as you're looking at the Rock family and every one of the sons and daughters. I just, with myself, in this journey, let's go back to the future. For you who are in a cave, you don't have to be there for 40 years in the wilderness. There's a 40 days where you will develop your identity. No, let me tell you who I am. Will you restore the value? No, I'm valuable. And your dreams is going to come back and you're going to start to dream with God. Dream with family. In Hebrew, we're going to learn how to love well. Where each one is powerful. 
We're going to learn how to build a life up on rock in the high places together with other family. And we are going to go to Zion together to see in every area, not just in Castle Rock or Colorado, but we're going to see sons and daughters that is going to be together with him as lamb and lion. We're going to represent heaven on earth. But while we feel the pressure towards that, we can find a pleasure if we go back to the basic, back to our first love, back to drinking. It's going to be pleasure as we look forward instead of pressure. There's rest instead of work. It's joy. And it is fun. Let's have fun again. Family, let's have fun. Now just drink from that pure water. I'm going to give this over to Pastor Mike. And tonight we're going to have a special... <laughs> I can't wait. One of my spiritual sons, Scott Thompson, together, Father, Son, we just want to release a fresh impartation over you. Whoa! Fresh fire. And then the wind is going to touch your fire. And then the wine. So I see those three anointings tonight. It is going to be the fire, which is the flames of love. Burning hearts. Burning love of intimacy. And then the wind is the power that is going to touch that. And then the wine is the pleasure the pleasure of your Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoa! Wow. You guys get all that? Uh, Let me just pray real quick before we leave. Father, Oh, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts right now. And Lord, just as Leif just so eloquently stated, Lord, let us not go forward without going back and remembering our first love. Lord, I pray that we would carry that harp wherever we go, that we would have that harp with us, that that harp would be our foundation, Lord, that that you would be our foundation that we would come back to you into that secret place, that we would find those times to have that secret place. Lord, I thank you for where you're taking us, for the things that you're moving us into. But Father, keep our focus on you. Our eyes are on you. Lord, I just pray your blessing, Lord, over everyone here. God, I thank you that you're going to continue to draw us into that secret place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Love you guys. I will see you tonight. It's at 6 o'clock. Don't miss it. And uh, have an awesome week with him. Weekend, weekend.